Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. You know, here at Ministry Watch, we bring you news about Christian ministries, as well as the latest in charity and philanthropy, news that we examine from a Christian worldview perspective. Our goal is to help us become better stewards of the resources that God has entrusted to us. These midweek extra episodes are a chance for us to go deep about a particular topic, and today, well, that topic is Ministry Watch. Over the past two years since the reboot of Ministry Watch, I've gotten a lot of questions about what we do, how we do it, and in some cases, why we do it. And the purpose of today's podcast is to answer at least some of those questions. And I've invited onto the program Christina Darnell, the managing editor of Ministry Watch. Welcome, Christina. Thank you. I will actually be doing a lot of the question asking today, but I might have a few of the answers along the way, too. Well, that's excellent, and I know you will, because, in fact, you've got the answer to the first question, which is, who are you? Or said maybe slightly more seriously, Ted, tell our listeners a little about uh, you and your background and, and how you ended up here at Ministry Watch. Well, let's see. I have a degree in multimedia journalism, and it was when I was graduating that I went through the three-week World Journalism Institute, which is connected with World Magazine. And it was actually the last year they did it in New York City. I earned an internship with World Radio. And that was back when they were first starting. I think it was a two-man team. And all they had was the weekly two-hour program. And then they added me. And I was there as they transitioned to a daily program and expanded the team. And I loved working at World because I felt like I was part of something meaningful, something that had an eternal impact. Uh, but then my husband and I got pregnant again and full-time work, it just wasn't right for me at that point. Um, and it was after that I began working part-time as an editor for the Charlotte Observer for their home design publication. And that's where I discovered how much I enjoyed editing. So now working with Ministry Watch, I get to do work that I love, which is working with writers, finding the stories, editing, for an organization that I feel like does meaningful work and, like I said, has an eternal impact. So now I'm going to reverse that question back to you and say, Warren, why don't you tell the listeners about you? Well, I'm a lot older than you, so I'm not going to tell everything about my background because we would be here for much too long. But I do want to traffic on a couple of things that you just said. And it's one of the reasons that I really love having you at Ministry Watch is because I also, of course, spent many years at World Magazine. I started freelancing for World in the early 2000s. But in fact, my relationship with Joel Bells and Marvin Alasky goes back to the mid-1990s. Uh, so Joel, Joel Bells, the founder of World Magazine, Marvin Alasky, for many, many years, the editor-in-chief. And so for me, uh, it was just fantastic to, you know, kind of, when I took over Ministry Watch two years ago, to discover that you were kind of in a place where you could do some part-time work for Ministry Watch, because I knew you had the Christian worldview that I was looking for in sort of the core team that we have here at Ministry Watch. You had the writing and editing skills that I was looking for. You've been trained by the same masters that I had been trained by in many ways. So I just want to say, Christina, that I really enjoy uh, having you on the Ministry Watch team. And, and also just to acknowledge to our listeners that the World News Group, 
World Ma- which includes World Magazine and the radio products that you came up in, uh, really are in many ways the DNA for Ministry Watch. We are, I, I would say, direct kind of linear descendants of of what what happens, uh, what we learned at World News Group. So, but but before and after working at World, uh, I've been involved in writing and editing and in Christian ministry. Uh, after leaving World, I was spent four years at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, where, among other things, I led the editorial team uh, at the Colson Center. And then it was about two years ago that I started here at uh, Ministry Watch. So, uh, you know, that's a little about my background, a very little, because, like I said, I'm a lot older than you, and there's uh, a lot more I could say. The only other thing that I want to say about my background uh, is something that I think talks to the uh, origin or speaks to the origins of Ministry Watch, and that is that I was on the board of directors of Ministry Watch when it was founded back in the late 1990s. Rusty and Carol Leonard founded Ministry Watch. The ministry has actually been around for more than 20 years, even though we kind of did a reboot of the ministry about two years ago when you and I joined. But uh, Rusty and Carol are our old friends. Uh, I was on their board uh, at Ministry Watch. Uh, they were on my board when I owned a chain of Christian newspapers called uh, World Newspaper Publishing. So uh, I do definitely want to make sure that in addition to the two of us that we mention Rusty and Carol, because they were uh, and remain integral uh, to what happens at uh, at Ministry Watch. In fact, Carol still sits on the board. Well, there's a few other people I'd like you to tell us about. Every episode, we end the podcast with these words. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Ben Warwick. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen Dubarry, and Casey Stettis. So who are these people? Well, Rich Rosel uh, runs Creative Genius Productions. They do the production for the podcast. Uh, ben Warwick is, in fact, I've never met Ben. He just started working for Rich pretty uh, recently. Some of our listeners might know that we used to say Steve Gandy at the end of the program instead of Ben Warwick. But we're delighted to uh, have Ben uh, kind of on the team. But Rich, I've known for a very long time. In fact, Christina, I think you might have worked for uh, with Rich whenever you were at... Uh, world because Rich has been a long-time radio producer, and now that radio now means a lot of other things, or in addition to radio, audio, podcasts, and so on, um, Rich is kind of... um, you know, the creative genius, as his organization uh, says, of of the audio, not not only here, but he was very instrumental in uh, getting World Radio off the ground as well. So it's just a real pleasure to continue to work with Rich. I guess if you go all the way back to the beginning of uh, The World and Everything in It, uh, which I I was a part of as well when that started. I've been working with Rich now for over 10 years on audio production. I think we've only met face-to-face a couple of times because we're able to do most of what we do um, uh, remotely, but it's uh, he's just a, a fantastic uh, colleague and co-laborer in this work. Now, the other three that you mentioned real briefly, Kathy Goddard, uh, has been around with uh, Ministry Watch for many, many years. She long predates me. Uh, she was instrumental in keeping the website and the um, 
the database up to speed during all those years uh, whenever Ministry Watch really wasn't doing a whole lot except maintaining the database, and Kathy was doing most of that. Stephen DeBerry is another one of these guys that's just a you know a pure genius in um, in his own way. Uh, he works for. Uh, Stewardship Partners, which is a financial management company that Rusty Leonard owns. But Stephen is just a technical genius. A lot of our database, uh, he helped build a lot of the technological back office stuff that we do that allows us to, what I like to say, I like to say that Ministry Watch punches above its weight. I'm the only full-time employee. You are uh, probably about a, maybe a third to half of your time uh, working at Ministry Watch. We don't have any other full-time employees, and yet I think we're able to really uh, do a lot in large part because of the work that Kathy and in particular Stephen with the technology infrastructure that he's built for us. And then finally, Casey Suddeth uh, is a um, a young man that uh, I encountered uh, because he does a lot of back office work for other Christian ministries. Uh, so, for example, he works with William Lane Craig and his apologetics ministry. And uh, so I got to know uh, Casey and just found out that he's a real whiz-bang when it comes to uh, website stuff. So he he does a lot of the day-to-day posting of our stories on the website. For those of our listeners that care about this sort of thing, I assign the stories and I write a fair number of our stories. And uh, when the stories come back from writers, they come to me first. I look at them to kind of make sure that they're in the ballpark of what I assigned. Then I send them to you and you do the real editing of the stories and um, make them, you know, often make them a lot better. Send them back to me. I look at them one last time. I send them to Casey and Casey posts the story on our website. We have that process in place in part because we want a lot of eyeballs looking at a story. We want you looking at them, Christina. We want Casey looking at the stories. We want the writer looking at the stories and knowing that they're going to be scrutinized. So we think that that makes the writer a little bit more careful as well. And then, of course, I will look at the story. We think that that's a, that is a technique or a practice that I learned when I was at World Magazine. Um, the Bible says that a three uh, strand rope or a three cord uh, rope is not easily broken. So we kind of applied that principle to our journalism to make sure that at least three people take it take a look at every single story. So those are the key people that are kind of that kind of work on the stories every day. Obviously, we've got others, uh, but uh, those are kind of the key folks. Well, before we leave personnel, can you talk a little bit about the freelance writers too? You bet I can. Um, Yeah, we couldn't do what we do without freelance writers, because as I said, I'm the only full-time editorial staff person. You work a lot and do really a a big part of the heavy lifting on the editing, Christina, but you're not full-time. So without these freelance writers, we wouldn't be able to post the... Uh, in some months, we post 90 stories on our website. Um, most months, we publish between 75 and 85 stories on our site. And by stories, I mean everything that we do, your column and the podcast and everything else. Um, but you can kind of do the math on that, and that is anywhere from three to four stories every single day that get posted on our site. And we wouldn't be able to do that without our freelance writers. Uh, Steve Raby 
probably does most of our writing. Uh, Steve is a, an experienced journalist. Uh, he lives in Colorado Springs, which is one of the meccas of Christian ministry. So I thought it was really important to have a freelance writer in Colorado Springs. And of course, um, that's who, that's where Steve is. Kim Roberts and Shannon Cuthrell also do a lot of freelance writing for us as well. Uh, Kim lives in Texas, uh, just outside of Dallas. Uh, Shannon lives right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she does a lot of writing for Business North Carolina Magazine and other publications. So she's, again, an experienced journalist. Uh, Bethany Starin is someone that, Christina, you and I know from our time at World Magazine. She's on maternity leave right now, but we're excited to have her coming back in January. She does a lot of our um, shining light stories and generous giving stories for a while. Um, Anne Stike is someone that I want to particularly single out. Anne uh, writes for us almost every day. She, In fact, I would say in terms of the sheer number of stories, Anne's byline might be on the website more than anybody else's. Anne is what I call a rewrite artist. If we see an article that's uh, maybe in a local publication about a Christian ministry, I will ask Anne to rewrite that story, sometimes to do a little additional reporting, uh, to often go on the Internet and look for other versions of that story. Keep us legal from a copyright and attribution point of view. But uh, Anne is somebody that really makes it possible for us to really churn out uh, stories day after day after day. There are some weeks where we'll have a a story from Anne and sometimes two stories from Anne uh, every day on our website. And then finally, I'd uh, like to mention that we've got uh, we've got relationships with Religion Unplugged, Nonprofit Times, and Religion News Service that also provide us uh, a lot of stories as well. Well, Warren, can you talk a little bit about the finances of Ministry Watch? What is the annual budget? And then how do you spend that money? Yeah, I think it's only fair since we look carefully at the budgets and finances of other organizations that we sort of, uh, you know, raise the hood and be transparent about our own. Uh, Ministry Watch has a budget of between four hundred and four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, we get about half of our budget from um, a couple of very high net worth individuals that that uh, value what we do. Uh, they they want to see what we do continue, and they have given us uh, a significant and long-term commitments. However, um, my goal over time and my commitment to these donors over time is that we will build a donor base of smaller donors that that eventually will replace all or most of what these two big donors uh, have given to us. And so we're sort of in the process of doing that right now. Christina, as you and I are recording this, uh, it's Giving Tuesday, and uh, we've had um, a, a very nice response from people today on Giving Tuesday. We've had probably, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 people make us uh, make donations today. For the month of November, we've had about 160 people uh, make donations and uh, for the la- over the la- course of the last two years, we've had about 2,000 people make donations, between 1,800 and 2,000 people. So we're sl- uh, many of those donations are small, $5 a month, $10 a month, or maybe a $50 one-time donation once a year or twice a year. But let me tell you, I'm really grateful for even those small donations because um, – 
it's we're building a team we're building a community and uh i'm uh, if you're one of those donors let me just say thank you uh I re- we really appreciate your support there's no donation literally that is too small no donation too big either so we would love to I have some bigger donations as well, but uh, we, you know, we really are grateful for our donors, large and small, and it really takes all of them, both the large donors and the small donors, to put together that four hundred to four hundred fifty thousand dollar budget that we need every year um, to uh, survive. Where does the money go? Well, um, about half of it goes to our editorial product. It goes to my salary, your salary, Christina, Casey's salary, uh, the freelance writers, um, and others that uh, are associated with making sure that we, you know, get our podcast out and the stories out uh, every single day uh, on the website. I would say half to maybe even two-thirds of our budget goes to that. And then the rest of it goes to technology. Uh, We have a database uh, of donors that we are constantly maintaining. We have a database of emails that we use Constant Contact for. A lot of people don't realize that Constant Contact is not cheap. We pay about $700 a month or about $8,000 a year just for our Constant Contact account. Some of you listening may know that we do... um, webinars from time to time so we have to have uh we have to have go to webinar uh, uh accounts we have to have eventbrite accounts and uh other accounts as well um i travel um as part of my job we sometimes do boots on the ground journalism and i'm attending events and also actually having face to face meetings with ministry executives so we spend uh, it, on a typical month we'll spend a thousand to two thousand dollars a month on travel so all of that adds up and uh, as i said we spend between 400 and 450,000 dollars a year here at ministry watch how many people does ministry watch touch every day well, I mentioned our uh, constant contact account. We have, uh, which is where we keep our emails. We have about a hundred and twenty-five thousand people on our email list. That's how many people get our emails every single day. Now, uh, if you get our emails, you may not read them every single day, but we usually have around twenty to twenty-five percent of the people open uh, the emails that we send. Which, by the way, if you know anything about this world, that's a really high open rate. Um, especially for a list our size it wouldn't uh, the the industry average is closer to 10%. So for us to have a 25% open rate tells me that people really care about what we do. Our podcast is a, a much smaller audience. We have about 2000 p uh, listens a month on our podcast about a thousand per episode for a total of about two thousand uh sometimes more sometimes less i think our record is about 2800 for a single week but uh, it's a much smaller audience but if you're listening you know who you are we think uh you know you guys are part of the inner circle here at ministry watch and so we really appreciate um you that are listening we kind of consider you a part of the part of the family a part of the inner circle here at ministry watch and we also you know touch people in other ways as well about an hour ago for example i was on kkla which is the largest christian radio station in los angeles california talking about uh some of the recent stories that we've done here on ministry watch i uh, am often quoted in uh, newspaper 
Bloomberg accounts, Washington Post, New York Times, and appear on other people's radio programs and podcasts as well. So that's one of the ways that I, I spend my time and that we get the word out about Ministry Watch and that we touch people with our, with our reporting and with our journalism. Well, shifting gears a little bit, I want to talk with you about the transparency grade and the financial efficiency rating. So can you explain the financial efficiency rating first? Yeah, I can. The financial efficiency um, rating that we um, have is based on one to five stars, one, two, three, four, or five stars. And um, of the 1,000 ministries in our database, we uh, rate financial efficiency based on really three items primarily. Number one, if you give a dollar to a ministry, how much of that money actually goes to ministry? Uh, if you're supposed to be feeding children or discipling, you know, high schoolers, how much of that money actually goes to that core ministry that you're about? Uh, number two is how much goes to fundraising? And number three, how much of that money goes to administrative cost and or just the accumulation of assets. It might be an endowment. It might be a cash reserve, whatever it is. Now, we understand that some organizations, like, for example, a Christian summer camp, they've got to own land. They've got to own the camp itself in order to do their ministry. That's why we would not compare a Christian summer camp to a relief and development organization that would be sending money and material to a disaster area, for example, after, say, a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake. So we only compare ministries that are like other, that, that you know, like those ministries. That said, the top 12.5% of the ministries in our database, in other words, the ministries that score the best on how much of that money actually goes to ministry, get a five-star rating. The next 25% get four stars. The next 25% get three stars. The next 25% get two stars. Am I saying this right? And then the bottom 12.5% get one star. So the way I think of it is, is that we divide it 25, 25, 25, and 25, but we split that top 25 up and put some of it down at the bottom. So, um, yeah, so we look for ministries that, um, you know, give it, if you give them a dollar, as close to a dollar as possible actually goes to ministry. And we rate these ministries. You can go to our database. Um, and you can see every single one of the thousand ministries in our database has a star rating. Okay, and what about the transparency grade? Yeah, the transparency grade is also an important uh, grade or an important way that we rate organizations. The transparency grade is a little less complicated. We are really basically looking at three factors there. Number one, uh, does the organization get an annual audit? Number two, does it release its Form 990 to the public? Number three, is it a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability? Which means if it is a member, it's committed itself to certain standards of financial integrity. It's committed itself to having a statement of faith. And it's committed itself to some other things that we think are important. If you do all three of those things, if you can answer yes to all three of those questions, you will get an A for your transparency grade. If you answer only two of those three with in the affirmative, 
with a yes, you'll get a C transparency grade. If you can answer only one of those questions in the affirmative, you get a D, and of course, none of them will give you an F. Uh, we try to, um, uh, while, while the financial efficiency rating is a ranking of ministries compared one to another, the transparency grade is not. It is theoretically possible for all thousand ministries in the Ministry Watch 1000 database to get an A grade. And the, the, the reality is they do not. Um, about half of our uh, ministries get an A grade, and uh, we have probably 40 or 50 to get an F grade in our Ministry Watch database as well. Uh, but that's, um, those are the two rating systems that we, um, that, that we use here at Ministry Watch. And I'll say one other thing, since we're coming here on year-end, uh, Christina, as you and I are having this conversation, I mentioned that it was Giving Tuesday as you and I are recording this. Every year, we publish a list of ministries that have both a five-star financial efficiency rating and an A transparency grade. We call those shining light ministries. You know, the Bible says that our light should shine before men in a way that glorifies our Father in heaven. That's what that's where we got the name shining light for these ministries. There this year 62 ministries out of the 1000 in the Ministry Watch database that um are shining lights. They have both a five-star trans, uh, financial efficiency rating and an A transparency grade. You can see that list by going to our website, ministrywatch.com. We just posted that this morning. Warren, I know you get a lot of questions about emails, and some of the questions are pretty blunt. Questions like, can you send fewer emails? So can you talk a little bit about your email process? Yeah, I sure can. Um, by the way, we do a survey. In fact, we've done a survey probably five or six times in the last two years. I, li- I love surveys. I love knowing what people think about what we're doing. And we ask the question, are we sending you too many emails? Um, th- and I will say, if you're one of those folks that think we send too many emails, I feel your pain. I get a lot of emails myself. But our survey tells us that most of our uh, recipients don't think that. Uh, that the majority of our of uh, the people that we surveyed at least said that we send about the right number, and a few say we sp- send a few too many emails, and a f- couple even say we send way too many emails. But the vast majority say that we send about the right number. However, if we're sending too many to you, let me give you a piece of advice. The way we send our emails out is that every business day, Monday through Friday, we send. Um, an email sometime around 11.30 to 12 o'clock Eastern time every day. However, we also set constant contact to resend that email three days later if you don't open it. So one of the ways that you can cut down on the number of emails It's just to open the email the first time when it comes. That means that you automatically will not get that second email. So you don't have to read it, but you do have to open it, and that will automatically cut down the number of emails that you receive um, every day. I should also mention, by the way, that, that every Thursday when we send that email, if you do the math on that, three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you should be getting that reminder email 
if you didn't open the first one. We don't like to send emails on Sunday, so I will trigger that email to go out on Saturday night, usually around 11 o'clock. So that, but what that means is that on Saturday, if you don't open your emails, you're going to get three emails from us in one day. Again, the simple solution, just open your emails, and those three emails on Saturday quickly become none. We also get blunt questions about the amount of negative stories or bad news that we cover at Ministry Watch. How do you respond to that? Well, it's a great question. You know, a lot of times the way that question is posed to me is, you know, why why so much bad news? Or don't you ever get discouraged by all that bad news? And I'll have to say that that the answer to the second question is, you know, no, I really don't. I mean, some of the stories that we report on, Christina, I, I don't have to tell you this because you read just about everything that goes up on the website. Um, they can be pretty horrifying at times. But, um, and I do think that maybe it takes a certain temperament to be able to, um, you know, look at those kinds of stories day after day after day. But, but I will say this, I believe what the Bible says whenever it says the truth will set us free. And, you know, the truth is the truth. Sometimes the truth doesn't feel like good news. Guess what? The truth about me is that I am a fallen man. I'm a sinner. And without the grace of God, I would be eternally separated from God. You know, if you don't know the last part of that story, the first part of that story sounds pretty depressing, right? And, uh, but, but I believe that you've got to know the first half before you can really fully appreciate the second half of that story. The truth sets us free. It always sets us free. It never doesn't set us free. So I don't look at good news or bad news in terms of how it makes me feel. I look at good news and bad news as, is it the truth or not? And if it is the truth, it is good news, even if it's the story of a sex offender, even if it's the story of an embezzler, even if it's the story of some crazy televangelist that is defrauding people, you know, on the air. I really believe that if we're exposing the truth about those situations, that it is good news. Uh, and so that's, that is kind of a core guiding principle for me. Another thing that I want to mention is that a lot of times when we were writing, you know, kind of some of these, what some people would consider awful stories about sex abusers or financial fraud or whatever, we need to remember that there's a victim to all of these stories as well, and that a great deal of healing for the victim can come just by the telling of these stories. I can't tell you how many victims have called me and have emailed me. In fact, I had that happen literally today about some stories that um, we've been working on recently, saying, thank you for telling this story. I finally feel heard. And so I, I think it's really important that here at Ministry Watch, our goal is to look after the interest of victims and donors to Christian ministries. We are not, uh, you know, so much uh, caring what the perpetrators uh, feel or care about the stories that we write about. I care about what the victims uh, think about what our stories are. And I can tell you that victims of sex abusers, victims of financial fraud, one of the things that 
that that helps with their healing. It's just the idea that they're being heard, number one, and number two, that there is a level of justice that is coming um, to the perpetrators of those fraud. And I think that some of the things that we do uh, can help, um, if you will, facilitate uh, that justice. Well, what are your plans for Ministry Watch in this next year in 2022? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I, as a journalist, I'm I am reluctant to predict the future. I I much rather report on the past than predict the future. But I will say this: that we do have um, a couple of things planned already, and I think they're far enough along that I can. Um, it's not really predicting the future. I think that they're actually going to happen. One is that we're going to create a new rating. It's called Donor Confidence Rating. Um, we have um, created a checklist of uh, about 75 red flags that uh, we think that donors should look at before they give to a ministry. Uh, 75 uh, items on a checklist. We're going to make that checklist available for free to everyone. We're going to put it up on our website, and our goal is to do that within the next uh, 30 days, no later than January 1st or 2nd. We will have that checklist up on our website. But in addition to that 75 items that will be in that checklist that anybody can download and use on any ministry, we're going to pick the 20 most significant items on that list, and we're going to rate every single ministry in our database, and we are going to create what we're calling a donor confidence rating. We're going to create a rating that will that will basically say this, can you give to this ministry with confidence? Should you give to this ministry with caution? In other words, only after you've had some questions answered. Or finally, should you not give to that ministry at all because there are just too many red flags? We're going to, uh, we're in the process of sort of building out the database that will allow us to do that. We'll have the first ratings. My goal is to have at least 500 of our ministries rated by January 1 of this year, and that'll be up on the website in the same database where you can find those other ratings. I think that's going to be a huge and positive addition uh, to our website. Another thing that we're doing in the new year is that we are um, going to uh, publish a new version of my 2009 book called The Lover's Quarrel with the Evangelical Church. Um, that that book has been a, a significant uh, book for a lot of people. It's been a, it was a significant book in my life as well. It kind of um, was an important um, sort of milestone in my career. But it's also you know 12, 13 years old now, and so we think that it um, is worth. Um, having out into the world, but we wanted to do a new version of it. The old version sold out. It's out of print. So we'll be publishing that in the new year. And one of the things that I just wanted to mention is that, uh, Christina, that we will not be doing in the new year is that we're not going to become a mega ministry. You know, I mentioned earlier that we would like to grow our donor base to the point where we don't have to depend so much on those two very generous um, but uh, significant donors that uh, I mentioned earlier. But uh, we would like to, um, you know, grow to the point where we can, um, you know, like I say, replace that income. But we, you know, our goal is not to become a mega ministry. I've always said at Ministry Watch that we want our readers and our listeners uh, to give to their local church first, to a few carefully researched ministries second, ministries that they really care about and they really know about and not they're not responding to just emotional appeals. And then finally, third, if we have been helpful to you in helping to choose those ministries that are in that second bucket, 
uh, we'd be grateful if you would share uh, some of the resources that God has entrusted to you to us so that we can continue our work. But our goal is not to become a mega ministry, but we do want to become financially self-sufficient so we can keep doing what we're doing. Warren, any final words before we go? Well, yeah, just a couple. Uh, One, hearty thank you to those of you who are listening, uh, to those of you who have made financial donations, to those of you who have prayed for us. Um, We are grateful for all of that, and and we want to hear from you. Uh, My email address is at the bottom of every email that you get from us, or you can just hit the reply button on any of the emails. Uh, It's wsmith at ministrywatch.com, and... um, We'd be delighted to hear from you at any time. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Ben Warwick. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen DuBerry, and Casey Seddeth. I am Christina Darnell in Charlotte. Actually, I am in Mooresville, North Carolina. Yeah, and I'm Warren Smith. I'm also in Charlotte, and I really am in Charlotte. And until next time, may God bless you.